Welcome back to the last in this four-part series called Healthy Eating Should Not Be Expensive. And today, we're discussing that healthy eating really should be affordable, and I'm gonna argue that it should be more affordable throughout this series. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Sharko, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and biblical counselor here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restrictive food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on like I did and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. Hi, sisters. When we're talking about eating in a healthy manner, which some really want to focus on, and that's fine. I want to show them how to do that in a way that is not going to break the bank. And so we've been going over some of the concepts. There are three in total that I'm asking for you to consider. Also in part one, we looked at the top four money wasters, many people, those mistakes that they make in an attempt to be eating healthfully. Then in part two, we looked at adding more plants for a real win-win. And then in part three, we looked at something I'm calling the money labor scale and what that means in bringing down our food budget. So now let's look at our third and final concept. Concept number three, it's all about the plan. Certainly one of the biggest money pits is buying lots of items that we don't use. They go bad and then we throw them out or buying foods that are pre-made all the time simply because we don't have a strategy to the food shopping and the preparation each week. And we're just harried and stressed and busy. Does it sound like you? I know what this feels like for sure. Now think about how different it would be to sit down one day a week, plan out all the meals, all the snacks. Of course, we do not need to get crazy strict here. That's ridiculous. We need flexibility, but just to have a plan that you can work off of and to know what you need to buy and how it's going to be used and when you're going to prepare it and limit that wasted food. Now, by planning in advance, you're going to end up having three things. One, freedom from the daily stress of what do I make for dinner, which often ends in what, you know, running to the drive-in joint down the street. Mm -hmm. Number two a more specific shopping list to work from. And that helps to prevent that very expensive impulse and the, hmm, maybe I need this type buying. And number three, more time because you're now streamlined in your shopping and maybe even in your daily lunch and dinner making, especially when your planning includes cooking in bulk for leftovers and multiple meals. We'll get to that right after this short break. There's a lot of new stuff going on over here, starting with our newsletter. Each week, you can expect some cool stuff like behind-the-scenes sneak peeks of the online program that's coming out in a few months, or updates, or any free resource. Well, those go directly to our newsletter subscribers. So don't miss a beat, a pod, or a peek by signing up for the free email newsletter at CherylSharko.com newsletter. So I want to give you an example. We'll just do a little story here. Um, 
of how I would do this. Um, and that's going to help you understand how this works together well for health, for finances, and for sanity. Okay. So here's, here's what I'd like you to picture. One day a week, I'm going to first think about how many dinners I need to make, how many lunches need to be packed for both the kids and the adults. And that's an important aspect too, packing lunches to bring even for adults because that adds up. And also how many snacks and what types of snacks I want to have throughout the week. Then I start with the usually most expensive meal, which is dinner. I try to come up with or find some recipes for meals that have a higher amount of vegetables, more vegetable-laden dinners that have less meat because we really don't need as much meat as we think we do in America. And even some meat-free dinners. And we can use some beans and legumes combined with grains like we talked about in part two for a protein-rich meal. I plan then how many days of leftovers I want from each meal, including leftovers used for lunches. Now, not everybody likes leftovers. I understand that. I like them just fine because it's less cooking and the food's ready. But my husband doesn't love leftovers like I do. So that's just something to consider. Planning works well in either case. Now, when I'm thinking of the different meals that I want to make, I try to find those that use a lot of the same ingredients the same vegetables, the same meats, the same grains, et cetera, but, but not combine them in a way that's too similar in taste from one meal to another. For example, if I go buy some ears of corn because they're on sale, I might just grill up an ear of corn for each person on the grill with the meal that day. Then for the next day, I might cut some corn from that cob, put it in my salad entree, and then maybe the third night I'm using some of the corn in my black bean and rice burrito. So three very distinct flavors coming from the same product. Otherwise, it ends up getting thrown out often, doesn't it? So once the meals are pretty much decided on, then I make a detailed ingredient list, not a shopping list yet, but in a detailed ingredient list for all of these recipes, all of these foods I'm going to need. I then check which of these ingredients I already have in the pantry, in the freezer, in the fridge, whatever. And I make a shopping list for the rest. There's my shopping list. Now, keep in mind that I'm trying to be economical, so I really want to have the bulk of my shopping be plant foods. If you don't know what I'm talking about, refer back to part two of this series. Now, grains and beans, they can be bought in bulk for a lot cheaper than individualized packages and frozen or even canned produce can be chosen as long as it's a good price. Now, for all the other needs, all the things in the, you know, the center of the store, the non-plant foods and the non-fresh meats and, and those kinds of things, I will try to choose the store brand or the generic items as much as possible for money saving. We're gonna take one more little break, but don't leave because when we come back, I'm gonna give you Probably the most important tip of all. Be right back. Hey, sisters, I have some good news. I want to get to know you better. I want us to support one another in this process, this journey to food freedom. It can be tough if we're doing it alone, so let's not. Why don't you join me in our private online community? I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can just go to Facebook and search for True Food Freedom and Faith. The and is an ampersand. I really look forward to us getting to know one another, so I will see you there. 
then finally, I know at this point you're like, that's a lot of work, but that's why this tip is so important. Keep a reusable record of what has worked for you. Put together a binder of the meal plans and the shopping lists and the recipes to reuse over and over again, okay? You can do this, you can do this. It does take a bit of upfront work, I know that, I realize that, but as you develop this new way of planning and shopping and preparing your foods and packaging them up for lunches, it really does become much more natural, much more of a lifestyle. And with your growing binder of meal plans that you already know work well for yourself and your family and your schedule, you're gonna find that you're making healthy choices that are really truly sustainable for you for a lifetime. And your wallet will thank you. So now it's your turn to impart your wisdom and experience. So let others know what has worked for you. Join in the conversation here. What's helped you to eat healthfully without breaking the bank? Do you have some tips? Are there some challenges you've run up against that you want to talk about? What have you enjoyed most about this series? So comment at truefoodfreedomandfaith.com or just use the link in the show notes. Now in all our talking about food and eating and the wisdom of shopping and saving money, we want to ultimately have our focus on glorifying God. And even in this area, that applies. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says that whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. I'll see you next time. Ladies, if this topic or any other podcast episode has been valuable to you, please help me get this information out to others who could benefit from it too by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast and sharing the episode on your social media. Or you can always come to any of my socials and like, comment, and share that way. This helps other people know it's important information that can benefit them as well. Thank you for helping.